I really don't fucking know. I get really nervous. Why? I'm not nervous, but I'm just like, oh, now I don't know what to say. I'm like, don't move, bitch, because of sound, and we don't have a good sound equipment. No. If anyone wants to give us sound equipment, you can uh, message me and email me, and you can give me money. Are you begging already? Bitch, yeah. <laughs> but I've got an announcement to make. <laughs> yes. Okay, so. Okay, stop now. So. Later this year, we are going to Manchester Pride mm-hmm. for Ariana and obviously Pride. And that was a bit of... If anyone knows a song, salute to you. That was Cheryl. Cheryl X. Cole, whatever her old name was. Parachute from her first album. What because, was her first name? Weber. Oh, fuck off. I don't fucking know. Um, because Cheryl has been announced for Manchester Pride. Can the fucking gays scream right now? Scream gays. No. Why not? I don't really. I don't really care for her. Do you know how I you, feel? Your gay card needs to go away. I'm gonna play you a clip and I'm gonna show you what I feel for my my feelings for Cheryl. Okay. Um, and it is a really um popular clip. I'm really, really. Let uh, me find uh, it. I'm, for I'm you. being apologetic now to our Cheryl fans out there. Hello, guys. We love you. Cheryl, I have a message for you. <laughs> Why though? What's that about? Because, like, she was so beautiful. She was. Ooh. And she was amazing. And, like, she was doing L'Oreal and yeah. everything. And then she's like, oh, I'm shit now. Like, what's that all about? Cheryl? Well, if you don't want Cheryl, guess who else is, is going to be performing? Also, I'm really ignorant. I, 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 genu- I genuinely don't know anything about her <laughs> since, like, three words. <laughs> so, like, I, I. She had a baby, you remember? Yeah. With Liam Payne. That sounds like a her problem, not my problem. <laughs> I just want music. I don't give a shit about her biological That new functions. single's good, though. It's a cute little bop. It's like, oh, yeah, we feel no, this. No, it's not. Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. Okay, well, she performed... Do you know what? I hope she lip-syncs her. Also, like, she's been, like, visiting a lot of, I don't know, like, dermatologists or whatever, and, like... Good for her. Her... Yeah, no. Your fave has loads of con- plastic surgery, so be no, quiet. No, she doesn't. Yeah, she does. No, but I... I, I, I with Cheryl, I, I think, like... You know, the enhancements that she's had don't really look too great on her. Anyway, speaking of enhancements, guess who else has been announced? Who? Talisa! Do you remember when I had beef with her? So we're talking about Manchester Pride, right? I am so body ready for Talisa because you know what? She's a gay icon. She fucking is. Shut the fuck up. Yes, she is. Even though you're not speaking. Yeah. Like, yeah. the gays are screaming. Can the gays scream? She's kind of no. scary. <laughs> she, she's no, they can't because they're busy sucking dick because she should uh, fucking... Yeah! Uh, she taught us how to suck dick. Do you well, remember? <laughs> I should hope that's not the way you learn. No, I know. Because that wasn't... That's not comment on it because I don't need to leave I'm obsessed with celebrity sex tapes. So whenever there's one that's leaked, <laughs> I will try and find it. I go to the deep dark web and I'm like, give me this shit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> And um, I found hers, and I was like, oh, yeah, interracial. It's going to look fucking amazing. And then I saw her, like, slapping her head with it, and I was like... Bago. <laughs> well, I was like, oh, okay. But, right... This isn't working for She'll me. perform that song, Daddy, Young, you know, Living for she'll Love. She'll perform Daddy. And, like, everyone will live, and she'll come out with, like, chains and whips over these men. And, like, no one gives a fuck about her, but we'll all be giving a fuck about her. You'll be the first one screaming at the front. Okay. Like, let me let me fucking sign my autograph, bitch, and shit. Oh, yeah, I am I have an unhealthy obsession with celebrities when I meet them in life. Oh, it's terrible. In real life, them. it's really weird. And, like, I will scream stuff at them to make them feel good, just so that so, I have 
I get attention from when them. we went to see Rihanna in Coventry years ago. We were right at the front, <laughs> and Big Sean was supporting. And Big Sean said, "What did he say?" Go he on. was like, "Yo, where are my girls at?" And like everyone was like just doing their own thing, and it was fairly quiet, even though it was yeah. a stadium. Nobody responded. Yeah, and I genuinely feel like I was probably the only person. And I went, "Here I am!" <laughs> and he just looked at me and he dead was like, "Dead pun." Yeah, Big he Sean looked pan, right at he you. He was like, "Oh, okay, that's yeah. my girl." Yeah. And then like, we went to see Adnan Sami, who's a really famous Indian singer. And I was like, I love you. And he was like, I love you too, brother, but purely in a, in a purely plutonic way. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah, you're a mess. So that's Manchester Pride late this year. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, know. I feel like we're jumping ahead to the gun. We are. How are you, darling? The boom, boom gun. Welcome, Cheer guys, gun. to our circle of dysfunction. Oh, yeah. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome. To the um, podcast that was named after um, the reason why Amir and me are going to get a divorce. You don't love me. You don't love me. So you've had a little ex- bit of extra uh, crazy juice today, haven't you? Because you're like really you. hyped up. Do you know what? A girl, I've had a drink free week. This is Hershey's 20 this... calories thing. Yeah, what are you drinking? It's like this. Um, Listen, so, okay, shut the fuck up, bitch. You're drinking milkshake. You're it's drinking, like milkshake. You're drinking Wait, chocolate it's, milkshake. It's only like 70 calories altogether because mm-hmm. of the soya milk and the Hershey's thing is only 20 calories. Yeah. So you know what? You can shut the fuck up. And guys, I'm drinking... Be careful with your movement. I'm drinking... Because we're in a different location today. So every movement will be... Sorry, are you interrupting me again? Yeah, yeah, but look, look, you're making so much movement. No, I'm not. Oh, you've ruined the podcast. Anyway, um, guys, I'm drinking some herbal uh, peppermint tea because I have a slight cold. But the love that I have for my art is what's brought me here week in, week out to um, talk to you guys. I hope you guys like our um, episodes that we've uh, put out so far. Um, and we've had some great responses, haven't we? Oh, also like Jambo, which means hello in um, one of the African languages because we've got listeners in Kenya. Yeah. So Jambo. Hey, girl. Salam and namaste and, uh, you know... Guten Morgen. Oh no, Guten Abend. Yes. Yeah. Afternoon. So. Is that evening? This week. Guten afternoon. We're talking about something quite important. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, can't you see? I'm in a toxic relationship. <laughs> I Help need, me. I need a divorce. <laughs> Baby, give me it. <laughs> You're toxic. So we are going to talk about relationships. Yeah, so the theme of today's podcast, aside from peppermint tea, chocolate milkshake... Talisa, living for love. Talisa, dick, gay pride, is also toxic toxic relationships. So yeah, so um, I understand that you have a few points that you'd like to make about toxic relationships, Amir. God, I have many points, darling. Okay. So, it's not just You have an opinion? (laughs) Me? Really? It's not just about toxic relationships, it's about good, healthy relationships as well. And it's about, you know, um, through your life, going through different forms of relationship and recognising what's good for you and what's not and being brave and bold enough to be like, you know what, this is not good for me. Yeah, because when when uh, people say relationship, mm. people instantly think man and woman, to which I say fucking homophobes, men, <laughs> men and men can be... No, but what, what I'm trying to say is people think of a couple, mm. right? But relationships are... Relationships between siblings, mm. um, relationships between friendships, mm. and you know, you go through several, in my opinion, you go through several forms of breakups. It's yeah. not just you breaking up with your partner, 
It, you can have a nasty breakup with your parents. You can have a nasty friends. breakup with your family, friends. Yeah. And through this podcast, you will, uh, you know, you will be guided through how to break all friendships and burn all bridges because our podcasts are, we're not bringing families together. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you, you don't love me podcast. We're tearing Ru- you apart. <laughs> ruining relationships one by one. So let's, let's you know, t- talk about a few. So like, yeah. um, you know, I've got some, you know, questions. That I think would be great to be answered. Yeah. And you know, might put you on the spot a little bit. Yeah. So like for you, mm. um let's let's start with the negative. Remember guys, move... meow means yes. Yeah, let's start from the negative, move for the positive. Meow. I, I like that sort of structure. Okay. Um for you, what do you think the most toxic relationship you've had, mm-hmm. but you are glad you had it because you got something out of it when oh. you look back? What's the most and nothing's off the table here, by the way. God, you're going to make me cry today. Oh, he's so annoying. <laughs> wow, yeah, guys, don't show your feelings. No, I'm joking. Um, the most toxic relationship that I had, but I'm glad that I had it. Um, probably so my ex. Why? Because... This is a story, guys. So Trust what would you, me. So what would you like to know first? Uh, why it was toxic? Yeah, maybe? why was it toxic? So... It was toxic from the offset because I, I was raised, obviously, you know, I was raised in a family where it's not okay to be gay, but also we don't have relationships. Mm. You know, you, you were not encouraged to have, um, partners before finding the one to get married. And even that is usually a three to six month courtship before you're married forever. So I didn't have that concept and I wanted to be a good kid and my idea of being a good kid was finding that one person yeah. and being like, yep, yeah, I'm going to marry them and that's it, I'm set for life. So when I, excuse me, when I met my ex, I remember when he walked through the door and I was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to marry this man. Oh my God. And I don't, now in hindsight, I'm like, why? Why did I think like that? Yeah. And I realised it was because like, I didn't want to come across as somebody who was sexually promiscuous. Yeah. I wanted to... I was on a mission to disprove everyone that, you know, this can work and stuff. And so I was hell bent on trying to make it work. So it was toxic because of how I, how naive I was about the relationship, but also a problem that, um, there, that exists within the gay community is people, uh, and and not necessarily gay community guys, it can be anywhere. Mm. It's, um, people who are unavailable emotionally. Yeah. They're unavailable because they're dealing with a lot of other stuff mm. and they are unable and you, you're you there flapping your arms and going, hey, look at me, we're doing this and stuff and they are just not switched on at all mm. and they can't give you what you deserve or you yeah. expect or anticipate. Um, so, it, and that was, that was the case. I think I put on a lot of pressure on him. I had a lot of expectations because I, in my head, he was going to be my savior to take mm. me away from it all. You should never have a savior. Exactly. You need you, to be your you, own savior. Absolutely. You have to become your own yeah. savior. So I'm glad that I had that relationship because it taught me a lot. And, and where you're, where I'm saying that it's quite a story. It is because uh, I found out that this person had lied about their identity, yeah. name, age, nationality. I'm talking everything and you know he always kept his family at bay from me um and i'd never met any of his friends yeah. i'd never met anyone and we were together on and off for about three years yeah and that broke my heart yeah i was an absolute mess that that is something that stays with me to yeah. this day 
um, the the pain of it stays with me with mm. me to this day because I was done really wrong by someone and by their own admission. Yeah, you know this person says, I you know I'm really really sorry for what I did. Yeah, and you know was that enough? it was you what sorry was that was that like when they said they were sorry for what they did was that like enough for you or was that no oh, no I don't think I I don't yeah. I think I I think. I obviously I've moved on. I'm happy, married, and everything. Well, I should fucking hope so. Because this this was your your relationship but, before you got with me. So how did you pick yourself is, up and manage to dust yourself down to get into a relationship again after that? By eating a lot. Okay. No, but I'm, no, I'm no, serious. No. How, but, how? but yeah, and 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 just coming to back to, back to my point in terms of how to, because it was toxic because the foundations of it were rickety. Yeah. There was, you know, I had too many expectations. This guy was unavailable because he was lying about who is he was not himself you know there was so many um things that were going wrong and then when you say how did you dust yourself off well you know we were on and off and there was a point where we were off for about six months to a year and um you know i tried to see what else is out there and i tried to um find out what my self-worth was um that sort of helped me uh, how did I uh, brush it off? I think, I, uh, well, I had moments where I sort of gave him a piece of my mind. And yeah. I saw him, sat him down and I was like, you know, this is completely not on. Yeah. But I don't think there's any way that you can kind of get over something like that. Because there's just a, a fundamental that is just really wrong. Mm. You know, that sh- that seed of doubt is so great. Because I don't know who this person is. I, like, I don't know who yeah, he I know. is. I know. I'd, I I will never know. I mean, I remember when we'd been drive. We'd we'd drive. Um, he had two phones. You know, we'd drive, and he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I just need to drop this package off to this person's house, and I'm in the car." And then the cards would change, and then and do you not think? Do you not think to question people. anything though? But here I was in a relationship with somebody who I was hell bent on marrying. So yeah. you you are clouded by, your judgments clouded. Yeah. And I'm just thinking to myself, actually, I can't ever recon- reconcile with that because I don't know who this person is. Yeah. What if they were a massive drug dealer? What if they well, were a gang like lord? You know, I don't know. I, I, I could, I could, I was putting myself yeah. in danger by not having yeah. people know about him and yeah, him not secret relationship, and that's yeah. massive in the the sort of gay Asian yeah. community. Yeah, and we've, we've and, all had secret relationships. And I'm, I'm glad I went through that because it was a huge learning curve. There yeah. were, you know, uh, tender moments and there were great times. You know, obviously there must have been, otherwise I wouldn't have been in the relationship. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad that I went through it. I, you know, I'm glad that I had that relationship because I knew what... Um, I knew what I wanted, yeah. but more importantly, I knew what I didn't want. Yeah. And I think that can be a learning curve because you can go in naively into a relationship and be like, yep, I'm going to marry this person. It's going to be roses. We're going to make it through. And then once you've fallen once or twice, yeah. you are, you can actually t- you can turn around and say, actually, now that I'm... A- and this applies to friendships as yeah. well. You, and then the next time you meet someone, you could, you, could, you have this instantaneous vetting process where you're like... I don't want this. I'm there I, now. I don't want this. I'm there now. Yeah, you're, you're there right now. I'm sitting there talking to me like, mm, yes, 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 you take... No, no, no. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sorry, my boob just no, slipped no, out there. <laughs> like, there's nothing wrong I'm with that. I'm draped with a shawl. <laughs> um, it's really warm here, guys. We're not in, that, in We're not in your mum's studios. <laughs> we're in um, her sister's room. <laughs> and I'm just very draped with a shawl because it's quite warm in here. And my shawl just fell apart. But coming back to... Um, uh, the, the the conversation yeah absolutely you can have that instantaneous vetting process 
And you can be like, actually, I don't, I don't want this and that, but uh, I, I don't need this, this and this. If this person is showing specific traits, then yeah. I know that we're and not going to click. Then there's nothing wrong with when they show tendencies that you're not he- are here for, then you, you know what kind of friendship you're going to get. And there's nothing wrong with being like, this friendship's not for me. But the thing there's is... Nothing, is there anything wrong with that, though? No, it's not. And I'll tell you why it's not. There's nothing wrong with that. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? That person's going to be a little bit knocked off, maybe even a little bit hurt, and, and say, oh, well, you know, I thought we'd be friends and you don't want to be my friends. You're a nasty person. Well, if you don't care what, about what opinions people yeah. have of you, then they don't have any power over you. Mm. If you don't get along with somebody, that is absolutely fine. And most importantly, you don't need everyone to like you. Yeah. And that has been a big learning curve yeah. for me in my 20s, where you're just hell-bent on proving to everyone you're a nice person. Yeah. And one way to prove that is... Um, to, uh, a proof of that is where everyone likes you. Mm. And then you're like, oh, yeah, see, I'm a nice person because everyone likes me. And then now it's like, I'm a great person. And the fact that everyone doesn't get along with me are two... Uh, that's okay. Two separate things. Yeah, because fuck people. They don't get along with you. They're shit. Yeah. I'm joking. <laughs> well, what about you? Answer that question yourself. My most toxic relationship. Apart from what the relationship that you're in right now with me. Oh, God. Fuck, I don't need... I don't fucking know. That's a really difficult question. It is, um, isn't it? Maybe the um, relationships I had with the um, group of friends that I had in Birmingham. Okay. You well, know. Would you consider them toxic? Um, in a way, yeah. Cause, and maybe I didn't realise it at the time. Mm. All this group of friends. So I had a, you know... Social media is a, a great tool to make friends and stuff. And when I was um, when I was younger, all my friends were like Caucasian, weren't they? And it was mm. fantastic. Loved them. Mm. But I had a bit of an identity crisis with that. You know, when I was getting older, 18, 19, 20, I was like, oh my God, like, where, where do I fit in? Yeah. You know what I mean? With with, with my with the colour of my skin and everything. And um, yeah. when, you know, I got on Twitter, I started meeting people. I met some gay people, some gay Asians who were like closeted. And Homosexuals? Then, uh, yeah, I know. And then I met some other people... And we made a, you know, a really tight um, knit friendship group. Yeah. And um, it was really good. I used to go down all the time and visit them. They used to come up here, but I used to go down more often. And we used to share everything and speak every day. We were really close. And I guess looking back now, we're not friends anymore because obviously I've chose my path or whatever. Mm. And they weren't happy with the decisions I was, I was making. And they thought I became really uh, black-hearted and toxic and everything. Mm. With, with everything, when I was, you know, decided not to fast anymore... And, you know, we got in a relationship and it was sort of like, we were straying away because, you know, a few of them now are... You had a difference yeah. of opinions. Well, it's not really opinion, it's a fact, I'm gay. Yeah. And so are they, but they've gone to choose to marry girls in Birmingham, haven't they? In yeah, Birmingham. Yeah. I'm As just saying the, that. The, the, the difference is that you... Okay, so the toxic relationship was where, you know, these these friends had... You know, you had a group of friends that you, you related with, you were related to and then you were gay and unapologetic about yeah. it and these guys weren't there yet yeah. or they had no interest in but being it was a like different that. Sort of, that's why it's a different sort of toxic in that way. Yeah. Because well, it's not is, good for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it's not good your for Your existence is being yes, condemned thank you. by your very own community. And, um, and so for me it was fucked because I'm like, where do I fit in? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where's, where's my family? Where do I fit in in the world? And looking back, I'm, I'm glad I went through that because I knew it helped me in learn how to you know, um, how far to go with people in terms of friendship and what I expect from um, gay, um, ethnic minorities. Mm. For me, I'm like, if you're just going to be that closet person that's going to get married to a girl, that's a vetting process straight away. I'm like, no. 
Because yeah. I've had another friend like that when I was... Um, I'm going on a rant now, but let's give it up. Yeah. I'm not gonna I make... literally just asked, how are you? <laughs> and now we've gone to fucking 1995. <laughs> <And> <laughs> when I was four years old. <laughs> but um, I was when, when I was you know, a teenager where I worked, there was a guy that was you know, seven, eight years older than me, I think seven years. And we made friends and he was a gay Asian guy. And um, he was from Bradford. And we used to meet up and chill and talk all the time. And I guess it was someone older to talk to mm. about, you know, where I was coming from. And he used to, like, patrol grinder and stuff. And, patrol? Yeah, patrol, I call it. Oh, my He'd God. sit and grind, like, who was about and everything. And wait mm. for the meets and stuff, which he never really did anything anyway. No one wants to meet him anyway. I'm just saying. <laughs> Oop. Bloop. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. And, uh, as you know, our friendship, I call it a relationship. It was a friendship, wasn't it? Mm. Kept, you know, going by. And he was like, pressures from family, this and that. And then he had he admitted to me that he he was he'd been married for all them years yeah. to a woman. And during that time, he had two kids, one who named after me. Gosh. And I was like, what, bitch? And yeah. for me, I was like, oh my god, like everything sort of came down because I was like, you just lied to me. And then I was out. And ever since then, he, he keeps getting new numbers and messaging, messaging me and yeah. everything. And now he's willing to pay for your friendship. Yeah, he's like, I'll pay for your friendship. I'm like, well, <laughs> how much do you think I'm worth? <laughs> but I'm like, no. <laughs> I've got some dignity <laughs> some, somewhere left in me. Yeah. But that that's toxic as hell because, you know, it, it's wrong. And the, the, the guy that I was seeing before I got with you, I met through him. Yeah. As well. And that was another toxic relationship because yeah. he, he lied about his parents dying. Yeah, I don't understand and... why there's so much lying in... Re- um... I, it sounds like with both with you and I, the, the toxic part comes from lying. Oh, people love to because lie. Because I, I think the foundation of any relationship is trust. Yeah, it is. And trust is built on honesty. And if it turns out to be a lie, then the whole foundation collapses. And the, the foundation yeah, yeah, yeah. is shaken and the entire building that you built deal with that. collapses. Yeah. I can't deal with these big-ass lies and stuff. I, I can't. It, it, it eats me up. Mm. And it's why would you do that to someone that you have a relationship with? You're shit at lying. I know I am. <laughs> you really are. He's like, baby, this happened. And I'm like, just grinning ear to ear. I know you're <laughs> so, lying. So, bitch, you know I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah, you can't That's why everyone thinks I'm so hateful. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't just, fucking do it. Are you, were you just going to say you're hateful? You're not hateful, you're just honest. No, fuck, I'm not that basic. <laughs> and um, another time, I've got another one. No, so, obviously, you got family toxic relationships yeah. so like in, guys fast forward 20 hours so within i'm asking you within your family mm. where do you think your main toxic relationship came from within my family yeah. um oh, i see oh, my stomach turns thinking about them all now <laughs> i'm gonna regret saying that when they die i'll probably be sad but um i'm thinking mm, that's a really difficult one who, which one's the most toxic? I think uh, the most toxic one is my elder brother. Yeah. Because of what damage it did to my psyche. Mm. And it is very difficult for a person to admit that they were bullied. Yeah. To, uh, up until a, re- a few years ago, I used to say, yep, yeah, great time at school, was never bullied. Yeah. At school, I realised that I was bullied, but not in the conventional sense. Yeah. It wasn't like as if my toilet, a head was being shoved down the toilet. Mm. It was too big to fit in. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that wasn't happening. But, you know, name calling and racist slurs and stuff. Mm. That's bully- bullying, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, within my family, definitely my brother. Yeah. Because he would beat me up black and blue. I'd have bruises. Yeah. Um, and for the smallest things, like if I wasn't walking fast enough, if I wasn't walking close to him... 
Why? Would, um, why do you think he'd do that to you, though? Well, I, I think he was mentally unstable. Yeah. And I think also he was given this responsibility as an elder brother that he couldn't leave up, live up to. Mm. Because what they try and teach you within some, some South Asian families, or in my family certainly, was as if the elder siblings were meant to be mini parents. Yeah. And they are responsible for the younger ones. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no. They need to live their own childhood. And just because you came out of someone's vagina before the other person doesn't instantly make you smarter. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Are you shuffling? Are you making noises? No, fuck off. I'm, I'm hurt my he's leg. He's stretching, guys, because he's got a cramp in his leg. Oh, it hurts so much. Right, okay. Oh. Okay, well, can you die quietly, please? Oh. I'm having a rant here. Um, but, yeah, so what I was just saying, yeah. So, you know, he would have this pressure. You know, he didn't necessarily have those parent... He didn't have that parental instinct, obviously, because he was a teenager mm. himself. So he would obviously react the way that he did. And that's me justifying his behaviour. But then it continued mm. even up until, you know, to a lesser extent, but even up until I was, in, you know, in my 20s. And, you know, he tried to run out, run after me and, and hit me and all and all of that stuff. And I, I, I he was one of the big reasons why I left as yeah. well. I I mean I was thrown out, but before that, before then I left as well. I packed my bags and I, and I tried to leave, and I came back after a week or two, and then they, you know, th- that's a separate story. But that was really really toxic for me because what that did to my psyche, the way he broke our family apart, mm. um, the way he treated my sister, um, you know how he almost caused her to lose her child, like he the the way he squared up to my parents to my mom. The the guy was pure evil. He's scary though, looking. I mean, he doesn't scare me. No, at all. like he he looks like a murderer. Uh, well, he tries to act like <laughs> one. He's a little pussy bitch, but <laughs> he, you know, that kind of environment was toxic for me, mm. and I never want to revisit that again. Yeah. You know, I, I, that is not for me, and maybe I shouldn't shouldn't be so open about it, on uh, you know, such a platform yeah. because I may regret saying this. Yeah. But having said that. I from the by the way guys thank you so much for all of your comments and what you guys have been saying because we've had a huge response yeah and there are people out there that are saying that they resonate with our stories yeah. and this isn't a, an isolated incident oh it's not and you always feel like it's only happened to you but you're not alone mm. this happens to so many people out there and no family is without its problems mm. that's an absolute given but and that's what's difficult where you draw the line between somebody just being a difficult sibling to it being a toxic relationship yeah. um, from which you need to take a step back. And for me, I think back in 2007, you know, my dates are all mixed up, but we've had a lot of back and forth. But I think that was a defining moment in the summer of 2007 where I sat him down and I said, you are as good as dead to me because... I don't want anything yeah. to do with you. And we never had the same relationship since then. And now it's been a good four or five years that we've not been in touch. And this is the longest time that we haven't been in touch. And I'm very happy for it. Oh, well done. Because... I'm happy for you. And I'm sure it wasn't great for his psyche yeah. either. Do you know what I mean? No, it's good. But the and thing is... I, yeah, exactly. And it, it just helps me so much. Yeah. Because... I'm away from that negative energy. And your, your energy. head's so much better, isn't it? Absolutely. I'm away, from, I'm, I'm away from that negative energy. Yeah. And that's really important. And I think the, the difficult thing is, um, in the South Asian community, for people that are listening that don't know, um, 
everything's very normalized. Mm. So when, when um, we're growing up and abuse in the household, whether it's physical, mental, verbal. Oh, these things happen. It, it's yeah, fine. It's, it's very That's normalized. You, you know, the ongoing joke, oh, we're going to hit you with a chuppel, we're going to hit you with a rolling pin. Yeah. Ah, we're going to send you to Pakistan to get beaten up when you're in school. It's, like, it's a normal thing, but it shouldn't be normal. And yeah. that—that's why. Pause, pause for a second. All of those things did happen to me. Yeah, no, but you, but but it's normal. <laughs> I got beaten up in you know Pakistan what? Everything's as normal. well. Even stuff at mosque. When I went to mosque and I wasn't I wasn't there because I was ill for two days. Mm. You know, he was like, "Oh, do you want to get hit with a stick or burnt with a lighter?" And it was like, "What?" Like, yeah. and I didn't think anything of it as a child. Yeah. And obviously, it affects you when you're old, and you've got to deal with that in the, the ways you can. But. All these sort of toxic and abusive relationships in... I'm sure any South Asian listening can resonate. They're, they're, it's but very normalised. Absolutely. And I mean, we can we say South Asian because we're of South Asian yeah. descent. But I'm sure this happens in... Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, if you hear the stories of certain other religious... Oh, yeah, schools, yeah, very true. And, you know, children My being apologies, beaten yeah. up with, with rulers. Yeah. And, and you know, re, um, nuns that have, yeah. have been really abusive. And there's good and bad people in all, oh, yeah. all corners of the world. There's good Muslims, bad Muslims, good Hindus, bad Hindus. Oh, yeah. You know, good Christians, bad it's, Christians. It's not about the religion or the race. It's just about the person inside. Yeah, and we're talking from our experience yeah. because we're South Asian. And that's the only culture oh, yeah, that we resonate with. But there's, there's people in all corners that have been done wrong by toxic people but then yeah. there's there's times where things work oh yeah you know um and then you have to ask yourself what makes a positive relationship yeah what is it that makes a good relationship and you know how do you get over the hurt and be like i'm gonna get up and um you know give it a go and I'm glad that I did. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a journey in itself because sometimes people get stuck in the hate and say, oh, that's it. I've, you know, put my jock strap away. I don't want to, like, <laughs> feel another man's it's, tears. It's really easy to get um, stuck in... I, I speak from a place where I've been a very angry person before. Oh, really? I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's very easy to stay in that angry place. Mm. And I've, I've learned a lot recently about, you know, toxic relationships and, you know, I've left... A few toxic relationships recently, yeah. and instead of being angry, this both, is the first I'm hearing of this. <laughs> Why are you leaving me? Divorce papers coming, <laughs> darling. When instead of being balls to wall angry, I've just removed myself from the situation, yeah, and done nothing. And that's compassion. Like, yeah, I've literally done nothing. No, I've removed myself, and you know what? I feel really good for it because I put my psyche first as well, yeah. and I feel really, really good for it. I don't know what's going on in all them people's lives, yeah, or what on earth is happening. So what? So what you've done is. You there's been a toxic there's a relationship that you've had with someone that's become toxic yeah and rather than confront it or at least um, uh, get involved and retaliate yeah you've just gone thank you very much thank you next um, I'm gonna take a step yeah back. I haven't retaliated do you know what I mean and you know maybe it's the first or second or third for me no. but, I, I, <laughs> but the problem isn't relationships but, um, the problem is you but it feels really good. Yeah. It feels really fucking good. Like, yeah. seriously. And getting away from uh, a toxic in relationship, whether it's family or friendship or um, partners, it's really, really important to do. Like, it's so important for your psyche. You know, and I'm a big believer, if you, if you remove yourself from to- toxic things, the mm. universe will give you some good energy. Mm. And I'm feeling a lot of good energy at the moment mm. in my life. I'm you feeling know. a lot of big dick energy. <laughs> oh, fuck off. See what I did there, guys. But like, I've had, like, with family, some really negative relationships. You know, my, this, especially aunties. Everyone knows I've got crazy aunties. 
I've, I've had crazy aunties and like they're fucking mental and like I had one and basically my my mum had me very young, and so what my grandma did to like combat that was like oh if you can get pregnant I can get pregnant too. Yeah, your grandma had a bit of like um what's it call it um conceive off with your mum. Yeah, and I, and I so I've got I've got two aunties that are younger than me because of that. Because your mum was pregnant with you, yeah. and then your grandma was like, uh, "Bitch, I'm still fertile." Yeah. So your mom, grandma decided to have children that yeah. are younger than you. Yeah. <laughs> two, yeah. I, do you know, I like that, though. Oh, oh. Like, that's, like, oh, we'll have a fertile life. Do you know what I mean? And so, so, and I've also got an auntie that was about 10 months older than me. That could be the name uh, of the off, podcast. Fertile off. We'll see, darling. But like, um, no, I don't think my mum would appreciate so that. Good. Please, mother, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> she might be, though. That's a scary thing. Hello, mother. No, no, don't listen. Love you. <laughs> don't hate me, please. <laughs> so, yeah, um, I an auntie that was about 10 months older than me and um, we were really tight growing up like we were thick as thieves we'd mm. get into loads of trouble around the streets do everything together and she, she was the one that you know the one that had the lipstick and the coming out she stabbed me in the back hard with that oh she's the one who was sat up in the yeah. room with the makeup from yeah. last week's episode yeah yeah yeah, right? yeah last week and she really really oh girl if you have not listened to the semen demon episode about my crazy fucking auntie it is one of the most iconic stories of all time yeah. you could never Guys, if you haven't, then go back and listen to that because I feel like that's going to be a running theme. Amir's crazy auntie. <laughs> oh my god! Hashtag. So you finally decided to make it. <laughs> <laughs> I've been expecting you. Yeah. But um, yeah, so she really stabbed me in the back, and God knows what's happened in her life. But a few years ago, I got like a whiff of this video. <laughs> yeah, your right, your you, auntie's quite an unintentional so icon. Can I play it? Yeah, so I think I think it would be good to have some context behind this video. Oh god, it's really like So basically a lot of shit happened. Amir's auntie was having some like problems with her man who she's had stuff like, going kids on in with. Her, she was having some stuff going on in her private life, but she decided to air the dirty laundry out in the public domain. And and made a kind of like a, a not a, like a diss video or like a response <laughs> video. Bitch, this is not Nikki and Cardi. She and wishes. It's, it's so iconic. It gives me life, where <laughs> she's calling out all these people getting involved in her business, right. even though she's talking about her business yeah. in the public. It's really quiet, so please listen carefully. And I hope where should I point it to you? My dick. I think everyone just needs a bit of clarity on this situation of mine. What situation? I left him. Ooh. Now I'm fucking back. Ooh. Because my family said give him one last chance, so I have. Get it, girl. But then what I don't appreciate is you dirty MP motherfuckers of his going around saying, oh, he was in the right to do whatever he did. She's just a the liar. liar. Bloody, bloody, blah. She should let him do what she wants. Bloody fucking blah. Let me just get one thing straight. I know way too much about this family. Way too much. And I will federally fuck each and every single one of you. If you dare say anything about me, don't go around saying, oh, she's lying. Nothing happened to her. Motherfuckers, did you fucking see me that night? Nearly fucking died. Don't fucking say shit about me. Like I said, I will fuck you all over. I have way too much debt on you lot. So yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> we really know that and some of our friends that we know that inside out it's like it's proper Shangela sugar daddy oh, moment I was just going to say that it? we need it on a t-shirt yeah oh yeah I would. Like, she, she's, a, she's a Jasmine Masters meme ready to fucking to go do? I need to write the transcript of yeah. that and like actually read it 
that reminds me, whilst you talk, I'm going to get a book because I wanted to have a moment, didn't I? Oh, right, okay, then you have your moment, girl. Don't make too much noise, thank you. I wanted to have a poetic moment. And so, yeah, so she, that was another toxic relationship of mine, and I removed myself from that situation again. You have. So a lot of this is removing myself from the situation, but positive relationships are very, very important, obviously, that's what we all want. And I, I don't, we're going, harking back to what we said, I don't think there's wrong. Oh, he's going to leave the room, I can bitch about him now. <laughs> Fucking hate yeah. No, I love him really. But um, positive relationships are um, really, really important. And I think putting your psyche first, and your first positive relationship should actually be with yourself, I think. You know, learning to love aspects of yourself, who you are, um, self-improvement, because improving yourself and having a good relationship with yourself will only enable you to have better relationships with other people. Don't you think? No. Why not? I don't know. I didn't even hear what All right. you said. Sorry, so, I just come in. <laughs> do you want your moment now? No, not yet, no. Why not? Well, because I just want to get mentally prepared. Oh, okay then. I'm a shy reserve type. <laughs> okay then, sure. So, yeah. So, we were talking about toxic relationships. What makes a good relationship? Having that trust. And we have a few. We have some questions and stuff. Yeah, let's go to that. So, we have one. And I, I don't think he minds being, being named because he's got a podcast. Bally. Hey, Bali. Hi, Bali. Love and, you. And um, he has a podcast with his friend called Saturday Night Side Eye. Oh, what's the... Uh, oh, yeah, I was going to say, what's the t- uh, handle for their podcast? Um, Saturday Night Side yes, Eye. Yes, S-E-S-N. Saturday Night Side S-E. Okay. So Saturday Night Side... Saturday Night Side, Side Eye, you find it. Okay, yeah. So that's so. their podcast. And he was... Um, his, Hi, Bali. Shout out. His, his message was basically about the, um, the, the positive side of social media. Ooh. And I liked this because social media is often quite negative and we've talked about it negatively here and finding people on social media that you connect with and talk to. Um, I found that as well. People that you can relate to even just through doing this podcast, mm. you know, and I think it's really important to use social media positively. We're very easy to use it negatively. Let's post shade about people. Let's post, post bitchy stuff, which everyone has done. Yes. But how about we all start using it more positively? I'm having a problem. Let's see if anyone else has had this problem before. Let's see if I can um, DM someone and like talk openly and discuss my feelings. You know what I mean? Mm. And that's a really important point to make that Bali said because I, I needed that checking as well. Mm. Actually, social media doesn't have to be a negative thing. Mm. It can be a really positive thing. And I think when it gets negative, that's when it's more difficult, isn't it? Yeah. And we did have one quite serious question from Anonymous. So wait, what did what was Bali's question? Um, it was a question. It, use... was, it, was, it wasn't really a question. It was sort of like a. Uh, a sort of statement. Okay. Okay. Where were you when I was talking about this? So, he wasn't paying attention, guys. No, I can't. I'm not going through task. it again. No, but uh, using social media positively. Yeah. yeah. You're pissing me off. Okay, sorry. <laughs> it's just really warm, that's why. Okay. And I've got a really serious question. I don't know okay. if you can answer it. How do you deal with a toxic mother who you are too scared to come out to and wants you to, to marry you off? Okay, um, so is this somebody's uh, question? Um, somebody yeah. somebody yeah. asked this question. So they're saying, how do you stand up to your mum? Yeah, toxic mother, toxic. and you haven't come out to them, mm-hmm. and they want to marry you off. I haven't got an age of this person, but I'm assuming they're probably mid-20s. Uh, probably uh, yeah. younger, I would oh, say. Oh, younger, okay, younger then. So uh, I, w- I would say create avenues for yourself. Yeah. Um, what does that mean? And create opportunities for yourself mm. because you don't want to come up, you don't want to be too revolutionary. You don't want to be like, fuck you, fuck this, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna, like, you know, if, for example, if this person's gay and if they're like, I'm gonna fucking wave my yeah, pride yeah. flag and I'm gonna, you know, do whatever and 
everyone comes back because that is too extreme. And what you need to do is you need to create um, a, a, an infrastructure of support around you that will take you, it will enable you to be taken out of that situation and into a better positive one. And that could mean, you know, educating yourself, making sure you are well educated, that making sure that you've got a strong academic background. It could mean getting a secure job. Saving it could money. mean having savings so that you're able to lift yourself out of that situation whereby even if you are thre- threatened with being ostracized from the family, mm. having your relationships uh, you know, your family cut ties with you, it would be a way for you to step aside and not be impacted because that's usually the the big, um, uh, it's a no, it's it's the invisible sword that's looming over people's yeah. heads. The big problem is this person being married off yeah. to someone, but if you say no, that means that you are breaking out of that family economy, mm. and you will have to fend for yourself because there's a high chance that you will be kicked out. So you got to force yourself into. So you need to you need to build yourself in such a way that you are yeah. So that would be my biggest advice: financially stabilize yourself, um, and then um confront your parents because confidence is sexy. And I'm not saying you're attracting your parents, but <laughs> but girl, okay. I know that because of marriages. But come on, um, you know, um. Yeah, confident, be confident and, you know, in saying, once you're financially stable, to say, this isn't me, I'm not doing this, this is what I'm going to actually do, and this is my life, and if and you'd go. like to be a part of it, great. If you don't want to, then that's your journey, and, you know, that, that, would, that would be my advice. And if you think it's not good enough advice, darling, come back to us. <laughs> and I will try to give a better answer. But that would be my advice, to, I, to, to really focus on um, the things that you can't see as well as what's actually happening. I think and I wish I think, you well. I think that's really good advice as well, because, you know... Um, Thank you for your validation. We, no, we, I do. <laughs> you, bitch, you don't need my validation. You've got your own validation. You know, you've got a good relationship with yourself first, darling. Oh, yeah, I love myself. And... Um, like, because it's very easy for people to say, no, you just need to come out to them and do X, Y, and Z. No. you uh, don't... Yeah, and what? End up on the streets. You don't know... You, it, for me, you know, it's about... I call it a game plan. Um, and, you know, this person's uh, a, a South Asian um, queer, and it's making that game plan, like you said, to be secure, isn't it? Yes. When, you, when that time comes where you want to confront your parents about it and think, mm. actually, they're not on board, but I'm fine. Yes. You know, it's going to be hard, but you, you're financially stable and fine. Yeah. Or they are on board. Yeah. And, you know, you're not fine. So that, that's right. So um, you want to do your little thing? Yeah, well, I thought, you know, every time you disappear somewhere and I always have uh, a moment. And last time I read about Big Dick Energy, didn't I? Yeah, um, I'm going to have a stretch. But this time I thought I'd actually read a poem. Um, and I, did we have a name for this segment? I don't know. You're no bad. <laughs> Moments with Amir. The one with just one A. <laughs> the loser. But yeah, I wanted to read you guys a poem. There's um, uh, a poet which uh, I, who's my, one of my favourite poets. is a Pakistani poet called Fares Ahmed Fares. And he wrote a poem which is actually very famous. And what I thought to do was to read it in English and then translate it for our uh, English-speaking listeners. You're going to read it in English and then translate it? Yeah. No, no, I'm going to read it in Urdu, oh, sorry. Right, okay. It's in Urdu, uh, which is the national language of Pakistan. It's language in the Indian subcontinent. Um, and then translate it uh, in English. Is that okay with you, my darling? 
He's shaking his head. Okay, so it's called Mujse Pehli Si Mohabbat Mere Mahboob Namang, which means, uh, Oh lover, don't ask me to love you just like before. So it goes a little something like this. Mujse Pehli Si Mohabbat Mere Mahboob Namang. Mene Samjata Ki Tu Hai To Darakshan Hai Hayat. Tera Gham Hai To Gham Dehir Ka Jhagra Kya. Teri Surat Se Hai Alam Me Baharon Ko Shabab. जिसम खाक में लिठड़े हुए खून में नहलाए हुए जिस निकले हुए अमराज के तनूरों से पीप बहती हुई गलते हुए नासूरों से लौट जाती है उधर को भी नजर क्या कीजिए अब भी दिलकश है तेरा हुस्न मगर क्या कीजिए और भी दुख हैं जमाने में मोहब्बत के सिवा राहतें और भी हैं वस्ल की राहत के सिवा मुझसे पहली सी मोहब्बत मेरे महबूब ना मांग so that is, that is the, the poem, and it translates as this. Oh lover, don't ask me to love you just like before. I thought that if you would be with me, my life would be successful. If I am sad because you don't love me back, then all sadness of the world is meaningless. Your face keeps the spring of or seasons calm. There is nothing important enough in the world except your eyes. If I get you, my destiny will be fulfilled. I really wanted to get you, but I realized that there are far more grave griefs apart from love. There are more satisfactions than the satisfaction of meeting. The dark and ruthless, ruthless magic spells since so many ages, woven in silk, velvet and satin, the bodies being sold throughout the world in streets and bazaars, rolled in dust and bathed in blood, bodies emerging from hot ovens of diseases, pus flowing from decaying wounds, I am forced to look at all this too, despite you being as beautiful as you are. I have realised that there are more depressing agonies in the world apart from love. There are more satisfactions than the satisfaction of meeting. So please don't ask me to give you the same love as before. So the the poem is essentially about somebody who's, you know, sort of had an innocent love and then they've been ex- exposed to the realities of the world and they can't ever go back to that innocence ever again which I thought was quite fitting um, for our podcast. What did you... So I hope you guys liked it, but that that that's my favourite poem. So, yeah. Oh, that was really cute. It was cute, wasn't it? And, you know, I think the final message from me would be positive relationships, go mm. for them. I don't know if anything we said helped, you know, and I hope it did. Um, messages, we are at London Pride on Saturday. Yes, Be yes. fucking ready to see us tear the shit apart. Yeah, and we'll have um, stickers with our podcast information that we intend to dot around everywhere. Yes, if you find them, yeah, message us. Yeah, if you find them, message us, or if you bump into us, say hey, say hi. I mean, what are our uh, handles? Uh, our in in if people want to follow us on Instagram, how can they do that? For the podcast. Yeah, for the podcast. Okay, if you want to follow us on Instagram, it is. Let me just get it up. <laughs> so you don't love me underscore podcast. 
you don't love me under uh, underscore podcast, and it's the same on Twitter. And as well, yeah, right? and if you if you go to Linktree, if you click on the link in our Instagram bio, it's all the links for everything. Yeah, so if you guys want to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, hashtag YDLM podcast when speaking about us, and my final message would be the only toxic you need in your life is yes. by Britney, Britney Spears. Spears. Okay, love you guys. Bye.